This is the Detroit Mercy Cybersecurity 313 Podcast. Hello, today we welcome Marcy Connor to this episode of the 313 Cybersecurity Podcast. My name is Tamara Shoemaker, the Director of the Center for Cybersecurity and Intelligence Study at the University of Detroit Mercy. And it's my great pleasure to know my dear friend Marcy Connor and have her invited into our show here today. We've known each other since she joined faculty at Henry Ford College, and it's been quite a ride. There's wonderful things that she has done and that we have done together, and so it's my great pleasure to have her today on our show. A lot of water has run over the dam since we've met. It's been a long time. So I'm going to ask her if she can tell us a little bit about the pathway that she's taken from her professional career as an IT person to a cybersecurity faculty member and teaching that interesting topic and sort of how her journey went and explain that pathway to our listeners. Marcy? Well, thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. I guess to start, I did the traditional thing like every other bright-eyed college student. I went to college to be a doctor. You know, I wanted to be a doctor like everyone else. And once I got there and realized how difficult college could be, I started looking at other majors. And one day my mom said, try computers. All I ever hear about is computers and the Internet. And ding, 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 ding. That was the ticket. I was off to the races. So I am a proud graduate of the University of Detroit Mercy. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) And from there, I went on to Walsh College and got my master's degree, and I have had over 20 years of industry experience. I mean, I worked everywhere from the Stroh Brewery Company was my first IT job. I actually helped transition them from the dumb terminal to Windows 3.1. Oh, wow. There you go. From there, I went to other Fortune 500 companies like Ford Motor Company, State Farm, and my last IT job was actually at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan before I became full-time faculty at Henry Ford. So I think there's some benefit from working in the industry and then teaching anything because you understand what the day in the life and what employers are looking for, not just academically, but also people skills and certifications and just what kind of company do you want to work for? That's great. You brought that lens to your teaching then at Henry Ford College, and that's a really major thing because you are truly preparing them to be boots on the ground after they've got a degree with you. How did that all transition from IT to cybersecurity? When I was working at Ford, I was basically a programmer because that's what my degree was in, and I worked in the department that rolled out the operating systems to all of the computers and servers globally. And all of my friends were getting their MBAs because they wanted to be management. And I was thinking to myself, I don't want to babysit adults, so what else can I do? That will complement what I'm already doing at Ford. And one of my friends said, you know, I heard about this cybersecurity program at Walsh. And she said, and you don't have to take the GMAT exam. And I was like, ring. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I called and it it just sounded phenomenal. And the beauty back then is, you know, you went to college after work two days a week and all you had to do was get a C and someone else paid for my master's degree. So I am eternally grateful that I didn't have anything more than textbooks to buy. So your employer reimbursed you. Oh, that's wonderful. Very good. 
And then I had the best manager back then. I can't remember his name, but I am eternally thankful to him. And basically what I told him is, I said, you know, I've been going to college for cybersecurity and I want to get my CISSP, but you have to have real world experience. And is there any way that you can transition me into a cybersecurity job as like shadowing someone? And there was this, we had one lowly cybersecurity guy in our department, one, his name was Ron. And he was so thankful to have me, he didn't know what to do. So Ron actually trained me for a couple months, and then he's like, Marcy, you're ready, and off I went. And Yeah, so you just have to open your mouth and ask for what you want. Right. It's funny because you naturally did exactly what we hope that folks do, when they're planning their careers and their educational paths, right? It's not just do the book learning and then pass and then voila, a job lands in your lap in whatever area it is that you're studying. There really is some back work that needs to be done. So you need to do some networking, which you did in-house. You yes. told your manager what you were doing and what you wanted to be doing. And of course, no manager is going to ever say, oh, no, we don't want to hold you back. We don't want you to excel. We don't want more help in different areas of the company. They're going to always be very, very thankful that you want to do that. And then that poor lonely person in the cybersecurity thing, I'm sure he thought you were manna from heaven. I mean, come on, right? You know, one guy. This is Ford Motor Company we're talking about here, right? I mean, the thing is, these are early days. I know folks, if they listen, they would be scandalized that there were days like that. (laughs) You know, my husband talks about, we had a meeting once with Ford Motor Company. It was a global meeting. And they brought in, it was back in the day when they had the little tiny monitors and they brought in these desktop speakers that you could talk to people distantly and all this. And he talked to them about cybersecurity and he said he felt like they made a bonfire in the middle of the room and lit him on fire because all they could think of was what's the ROI on that? You know, we already have these IT people taking up so much of our budget. We don't need any new things called cybersecurity, you know, all this scare tactics and all this weird talk. So, I mean, there were days when it was a hard sell, right? And when there weren't anyone trained, you know, like we're really begging for people to be trained now. But back in the day, you were an anomaly, to say the least, that that's something that you went forward. And I love the fact that you went to Walsh. So Walsh was the first center of excellence in the state of Michigan. And so they were definitely the flagship for the state of Michigan. The thing that's really cool is that Michigan's on fire with centers now. We have over 13, and Henry Ford is one of those, Henry Ford College. And so what made you go from industry into academia? And then also tell us a little bit about your department and and sort of, you know, what that looks like. Well, actually – When I was working at Blue Cross, I used to teach um, at Wayne County Community College in the IT department. And one of my good friends basically said they need CIS instructors. Why don't you come and teach there? So I would work during the day. And then on the evenings and weekends, I would teach. And that's really how I got started teaching. And one day, I just applied for the position at Henry Ford and interviewed. And it was so funny to me. I'll never forget this. On the day that I interviewed, I actually had three interviews. I'm not going to say the other two companies that I interviewed for. But basically, they turned me down. They told me I was over-experienced and I wouldn't stay. So I felt like it was like divine intervention that Henry Ford wanted me and these other companies didn't want me. And so I went to my husband and I said, "Uh, looks like I'm going to be a teacher. And that's how I've got there. So at Henry Ford, we have a certificate and a cybersecurity associate degree. 
and one rolls into the other. So if you already have like a degree in something else and you want to learn about cyber, then you can do the certificate. It's 27 credit hours. If you don't have a background and you're starting over and you want like everything, then you would do the 62 hours with the degree. But we have a mirage of other things. We have two cybersecurity clubs, a women in cybersecurity chapter, and then we have the cybersecurity club. We actually have a cybersecurity lab, once we can get back on campus, where we have computers and servers and routers and firewalls and everything for students to take advantage of. Another thing that we do at Henry Ford is something called early college. And at the moment, early college is only for Dearborn residents, but you can get your high school diploma and your associate degree within five years on our campus. And most recently in the fall, we started something called a trade school. And so that's for the other areas. Like currently, we have about five different high schools downriver. And so they're actually getting their high school diploma and getting a cybersecurity certificate at the same time. So we're always thinking of ways to get young people into cyber early because we know it's such a shortage of people. That's the thing. I talk about this all the time with you and our other community college partners. It just astounds me how wonderful the community college does reaching out to the community and industry and making sure they fill any of those holes, anything that they see, and how fast you guys can move and maneuver into those areas and fill that need. And so the fact that any Dearborn school person can come in and do dual enrollment. And that's just amazing, right? So normally, used to be, in back in the day, well, we had what they called tech prep or whatever, and they had programs. They always had some kind of program. And I do have to say that Michigan is really forward-thinking in that because when I spent a lot of time in D.C. and we talked about the tech prep and the two-plus-two kind of things, they were like, what? Other states don't necessarily have that. I think it's more prevalent now that CTEs are more unpopular. Uh, And CTEs are career and technical educational centers that are high schools. That's more prevalent now nationwide, and so it is becoming more standard. And, in fact, the government's pushing hard on that, right? They really, really want kids to come out of high school with some kind of certificates and be able to support themselves and also be able to go on to college, right? So be ready for any kind of pathway that they have. But you guys at the community college level do such an amazing job doing that. And the fact that Henry Ford has gotten these kind of arrangements where you don't necessarily have to be a one-to-one with a high school. So an, mm-hmm. an, an awful lot of those that I see, and I'm a lot of CTE advisory boards, they're one high school with one college and instead of being a whole district. And so that's a really smart way to go at that. In fact, I'm sitting on Westlands. Hopefully we can get Wing Westland into your little deal there, too, because they're just now opening up all their CTE programs and getting a real good start on all that stuff. And so since you're doing downriver, you might as well do just a little bit to the left. We'll take everyone. And that's the point with you guys. You're where the rubber meets the road here, where people are trying to retool and having the forward thinking kind of things that you guys have and the hands on pieces and stuff really helps us in the university because you get all of that really hard technical stuff and the hands-on stuff and the really basic, really good meat stuff yeah. to them young. And by the time they're out of your program, they're charged up, right? And they've got those wonderful successes. First of all, they didn't have to leave their community, so they have a bit of a safety net. They get to come to college, but they get to stay home or at least close by, right, where they have some support. And then they get to build those successes And come out of there with a degree. This is great. With a degree and probably some certificates. Yeah. And they're free to now, okay, you can get a job. 
And hopefully a job like you got at Ford, well, who are they going to pay you then to go to university or just go straight into university with the kind of creds that they have at that point and be able to keep on moving forward. So you give them all those successes and you work in that area. And then it frees us up at the university level to now kind of round that out, round yeah. that person out, give them those people skills now that they need to work with management or to become management. And so now we get to do a little bit more of the bigger principles and all the whole business and how this all looks at it and how our technology enables, how the cybersecurity enables the business rather than just it's only about the cybersecurity piece, right? It's only about the technology because we really want these kids to be well-rounded at the end. That's what a four-year degree does for you. So it's an amazing compliment. And it's like one of the reasons I worked so hard to build our coalition of community colleges and universities working side by side on this thing, because I just knew it was a great partnership. As you transition from IT into faculty, you know, what does a day in the life of Marcy Connor look like, right? You're no longer the IT person who has to make sure that she's got her fingers in all the holes in the walls in the IT function at Ford. Now you're teaching people how to become those people. What what does your day look like? How has it changed your life? Oh, wow. So I have two types of days. Okay. (laughs) So my first day is a non-teaching day. And I call that HFC prep. So a day like today, doing a podcast with you would be an HFC prep day. So I'm prepping for class. I'm doing grading. I'm going to meetings. I'm doing research. We have to do committee work. We have to do volunteer work. So some days you have to do prep because you can't just automatically do day two, which is since we're virtual now, we have something we call it live with a drive. And basically what Live with a Drive is, is we're using Microsoft Teams and we're giving formal instruction virtually and we record it. But I'm still teaching just like I would in the classroom. And I still have students do in-class assignments and we use breakout rooms and cool things so that they can meet with each other and they can also ask questions. All our classes aren't online. So we have Live with a Drive. We have this hybrid version And then eventually we'll go back to -to face-to-face. So two days a week I'm doing formal teaching. Three days a week I'm doing prep. Sometimes on the weekends we have to do grading also. You know, one thing I wanted to do, I wanted to make sure that our audience knows what cybersecurity is. Because so many times people watch CSI and they really don't understand. I'm in. Can't click, solve click, problems click. in an hour. Yeah, click, click, click on a keyboard. I'm in. Oh, no, you're no. not. So <laughs> yeah. I, I looked on the, in the yeah. Oxford Dictionary, and I was like, what do they say cybersecurity is? And the formal definition is cybersecurity is the state of being protected against criminal or unauthorized use of data. And this data could be financial, personal. It doesn't matter. And so what we do as cybersecurity professionals is just try and prevent cybersecurity attacks, or if there have been attacks, mitigate them or resolve them and make that company or that person whole again. And that can be done through hardware, software, people, physical security. So I just want people to know that There are so many different careers in cybersecurity. They're not all technical. And you don't have to be super technical. Everybody's not a hacker. Actually, most people are not hackers. (laughs) I mean, honestly, truly. So I just want to make sure that they realize 
I don't care what company you work for, they have an IT staff and they have to be concerned about cybersecurity. So it's any industry that you could possibly be interested in. I remember once having a student who was obsessed with baseball. And I remember saying, well, I said, I'm not a big sports person, but I said, I just noticed that when I do go to a baseball game, that the coaches and the staff, they all have these tablets. And so somebody had to give them those tablets, install the software, and make sure that the other team couldn't see what they were doing. That's a cybersecurity person. But you're down there right into what the stuff that you love, right? And, Absolutely. and it's also not a one and done thing, right? You don't just secure it one time, walk away, and everything is cool. I love that you brought that up, Marcy. That's one of the things you and I both work in the cyber patriot space, which is in the K through 12 space working on this program. And that's one of the things I love to bring up over and over and over again. Cyberseek.org says that there are 950 different job titles in cybersecurity. And like you said, they run the gamut from, yes, all the ones and zeros and reverse engineering things and getting down into that to maintaining the machines to maintaining the people and making sure that those guys are not opening emails that say, we want to send a little ransom virus into your company. So please open me up quick, quick. Or we might sit in your system for over a year and just kind of take notes as to what's going on and who's vulnerable that we might be able to reach out to and compromise. So there's all kinds of different kinds of things in there from our HR people to even marketing, right? So your marketing people, they have to know how to handle cybersecurity emergencies. What happens when this latest thing with the solar whippy, it was the first time I was actually ever proud of people who had a breach because they (laughs) actually came right out and just said, this is bad. You know, we're doing everything we can, but they got us. And we now need to mitigate the whole wide world that was attached to us. And please, everybody pitch in and work together on this, you know, rather than, oh, no, let's keep it to ourselves and let's not release it. Or uh, what I really enjoy is when they send you a letter that says, oh, we've been breached. You now get free credit reporting service. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, that's going to really help me after the bad guys have 14 mortgages out in my name. Thanks. Ever so much. I know. You got to lock it down. (laughs) But it's very refreshing, right, to know that there's way more than just the ones and zeros. It's really more than just that. Now, we still need those highly technical people, absolutely. But we also need people who can think on their feet. And like you said, 950 different job titles. And with the KSAs that the NICE framework has, it spells out exactly what kind of person that you need to be and what kind of skill set you need and you can kind of follow that along and then chart your pathway and come into Henry Ford Community College and the rest of our community colleges and university partners across the state is the way to be able to do that because they also have all different flavors right everybody does it a little bit different but I'm real proud of you guys at Henry Ford Community College you guys were one of our first partners to sign up you guys did the heavy battle of going from IT into cyber which meant everybody got to get retrained thankfully when they hired you you'd already had experience in that area so that was way cool that's not the case everywhere a lot of them had to kind of retool even the education Your your day works. You have part of your prep day. You have part of the teaching day. I think some of the things that you guys are doing online, that whole blended mode, do you think some of those things will kind of hang on even after you go back to in-person teaching? I think so. It just depends on the class. I mean, you know, at a community college, we pride ourselves on having labs and hands-on. But I just know for my cybersecurity students, virtualization allows them to learn tools and play with vulnerabilities and malware in a safe environment. And I like that part about 
virtualization. That's one. Two, the cloud isn't going anywhere. So if you're not online with learning about the cloud, you should. So I just think for things like learning operating systems and VoIP and Linux, those are better lent for doing those face-to-face and not online. But when you're doing bad stuff, like with cyber tools, Yeah, let's do that virtually so we can just wipe and start over again, right? I think that that's really cool. And I think we've all changed. I think one of the things that I think that is really cool about the virtual space that's probably been a boon for you all, too, is that it also allows people that maybe couldn't think about taking some classes They now maybe can because, like you said, when you started with Walsh, they had an online program and they had a way of you doing it in the evenings and off schedules. And the same thing as our university. We have always been in tune to the working students. You know, we call them non-traditional students, right, which is, you know, like I think 90 percent of the students that are out there feels like all the time. You know, these traditional ones are far between, right, the ones that go the perfect pathway who start out of high school and know exactly what they want to do and go for four years and then become whatever it was that they thought they were going to do when they were a freshman in high school when they were starting to plan their thing, right, you know, how that never hardly works, that perfect plan, right, so the fact that you offer those hybrid kind of classes, I think that opens it up to, I know that it did for us when we went online six years ago, that opened up the globe, you know, we have people overseas that are serving the country that are sitting in on these classes. And I don't know about you guys. Do you record your classes as well so that folks that miss it? Yeah, see. I pre-record and record. How wonderful is that? If you're over-scheduled, right, like we talk about all the time about our own lives, how could we sneak something in? But with this kind of a way of doing it, people can. They can actually work around their crazy lives, right? We have kids. We have jobs. We have all this other kind of stuff. But if we want to move forward, we need some of this education. And so you have the perfect venue of being able to do that over at Honeyport. It's wonderful. I truly believe our partnership with our community college is golden because you guys help do that process for us and make it easier for more people to get in on this, right? Because we need more in this battle. Long gone are the days when there's one person who knows cybersecurity anymore. I mean, it takes an army of them in corporations now. It does. In terms of the cybersecurity stuff and when you're working that day-to-day thing with your students in your classroom, are there things that still surprise you that kids don't know or adults, you know, people who are coming in to get retooled, that you think, wow, I would have assumed that you would have known that since you're a professional or I would assume that you would have known that because you work with technology all the time? Because, I mean, these kids are born with it in their hand now. So, so I came up with a few things. You kind of touched on it earlier. It's always unbelievable that people don't realize how broad the cybersecurity field is and how many careers. So I encourage people to go to cyberseek.org and do some research. So that's one. Secondly, Mm -hmm. cybersecurity is not only technical and there's something for everyone. It's a great field to be in. You won't be unemployed. You make lots of money. And there's always a new initiative or grant to pay for your education, like now we have the Reconnect program. Tell about that. Yeah, and I was going to say, people skills are important also. So even if you're not a super technical person, but you work good with people or you work good at a team, an employer will pick you over a technical person because they can teach you the technical stuff, but they can't teach you to be human. 
<laughs> or to be gracious or kind. And I'm telling you, that is just so important. Long gone are the days of a geek in a cage. That's what we call the super technical guy, you know, with the hoodie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I spent my whole adolescence in my mama's basement drinking yeah. Mountain Dew and Skittles, and I don't like people, and, you know, give me the machine, and I'm so arrogant because I'm the only one who knows this stuff. I mean, like you said, long gone are those days, right? Because, I mean, yeah. small children know how to manipulate this kind of stuff and learn this stuff, and we know that working with Cyber Patriot. I know I'm often surprised by how skilled they are. Yeah. Those young people. And then the thing is that's cool about that is that they're the ones who are going to bring us our innovation. And if we can get to them and talk to them about this cybersecurity career track and all of the wonderful things you just pointed out, then we can get those kids that are going to be putting those innovations together with a mindset of knowing, hey, there's bad guys out there. And there's just silly employees who may not be paying attention to policies. And so you got to guard yourself against those kind of vulnerabilities. Absolutely. Um, I like that question as far as the surprising thing, because I know that it surprises me all the time. Some of the sort of really basic, what I call hygiene kind of stuff that folks don't know. And that gets us into so much trouble over and over and over again. I mean, come on, phishing attempts are still one of the biggest things that allow ransomware to happen. I agree. And it only goes away when we're more aware. I was going to also mention just in general that I just feel like on the mobile device landscape, we're not as secure and we don't realize how big our footprint is. And I think that's like what's going to be like the next horizon of where hackers will get us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with our refrigerators and our heating system and our lights and everything else, I don't know about you. Every once in a while when my internet goes down, which, you know, like in the winter in Michigan, it's like all the time, right? Thankfully, we just got that big snow and it didn't happen. I was so excited that I didn't lose power for days and freeze to death. Poor people in Texas are experiencing it for the first time ever. (laughs) was something we do all the time. I just think to have that technology is around. We don't realize when that goes down and you like put everything back up again. I remember having an aha moment when my wireless went up and it showed me all the things that are connected in my home. And mm-hmm. I went, holy smokes. I mean, we're security people. We should know our assets, right? We should know what's connected. I mean, we had it locked down and it went through real quick and said, is this all our own stuff? But I was surprised at how many gadgets we had around the house that were connected that I really wasn't aware of. I wasn't thinking about it, right? It was just like, add that, okay, yeah, here's the password, da-da-da-da, you know, set it up and move on. And then you don't realize until you look at, holy smokes, that's a long list. And it's just the two of us living here. I know. That is a surprising thing to me. And like I said, I'm kind of an old hand at this. And so the fact that I was taken back was kind of a surprise. So I envy you with your daily work with your students because I'm sure you get those aha moments from them all the time. Absolutely. And you're also demystifying it for them, right? And that, I think, is one of the really important pieces is that it gets demystified and that if you do things in a systematic fashion, and I always talk about it as just a hygiene kind of thing, right? You know, just like you get up and brush your teeth in the morning, just like you get in the car, you put your seatbelt on. There are just things that you automatically do, and it really comes down to that, doesn't it, Marcy? I mean, it's not spook science and magic, right? No, it's not. It's just thinking before you connect that device. It just really is. You got to think like a criminal. I mean, how can that person get you? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And again, that comes back to you really have to be a creative thinker. Right. And that's not necessarily something that people think. One of the things that gets me crazy is and I got to say this with a grain of salt. Right. So the the high schools, middle schools, the elementary schools, Michigan in general schools are really hip to the idea that they got to start really teaching cyber. 
Mm-hmm. I'm so happy about that. But the problem is, is they kind of think they've got it when they bring in comp sci classes or when they bring in a coding class. And it's like, mm. It should be in all the classes. Absolutely. And I got to say that I was on some committees this summer and fall and they get it. So I'm real, real happy to report that management at the state level from all the different agencies, they understand that. So that's really cool. But getting that message down is not quite as easy as it sounds, right? So that's the difficult part. It's always the devil in the details, right? And actually getting it to happen. And so while they're getting some of the basics that we want them to get, we want them to get the coding basics. We want them to understand the logic behind what languages are and all that kind of good stuff and how that works. We want them to get some comp sci basics down because then Marcy can take them and they can go full speed ahead, right? Yeah. They don't have to be doing all those basics. They get all that stuff, but they're not getting cybersecurity by just putting those things in place. I agree. It takes a little bit more than to sort of, you know, so you're just not teaching just coding, you're teaching your coding, right? You're doing validation, you're testing, you're, you know, you're doing all these things. And again, at the end of the day, you're actually then going to be turning out a better product, right? You're going to be much better at all the things that you do. So anybody who's attracted to IT in any way, shape or form, if you start adding your cybersecurity skills to that, you're going to just be doing better, right? And you're more marketable. Oh, come on, you make 10% more than IT and IT is already pretty well paid. So bonus and no unemployment since in Michigan right now, there's 8,000 open jobs that they can't fill with people. So can I just tell you something that happened to me? Absolutely. Please do. I was approached by a medium sized company called Secure 24 or NTT. And basically they're recruiting my students for internships this summer. Wonderful. And I encourage other companies to do this. So they're basically thinking, I can't go into the market and hire people because there are no people. So why not come to a community college and get students who have been trained? And then here we go again. As long as they have people skills, we can train them, give them entry level jobs and take them through our paces, learn our company. And we're going to have good employees. I mean, it is a win-win for the students and it is is a win-win for employers. And so I think what employers in the industry is doing is they're trying to think outside the box and say, hey, where can I get an employee? I might have to invest a little bit in them to get them where I need them to go. But I was just astounded when I met with them and they came to my class last week of the five gentlemen that came. They have all been at that company for an extended amount of time. It wasn't a situation where they just came and left. And they went through the ranks and they did training and certs and they really seemed passionate and loved what they were doing. And I just think that's phenomenal that a lot of times with your students, they're looking for the Googles and the Facebook yes. and Instagram. On the big names, right? Yeah, on the big names. But what about everybody else? They need cybersecurity employees. They really do. We, well, I mean, we need our infrastructure all the way around, right? So like you said earlier, and it's been talked about over and over again, there isn't an industry this doesn't touch. And the thing is, is if one of us are affected, everyone, I think the solar winds thing pointed that out, right? You get something in some of this stuff and it's the same things everybody's using. And so, you know, if it hurts one, it hurts us all. And so if we don't have folks that are on the front lines protecting us in all these different companies, and I love what you said. So that's part of what the NSA did, right? When they made the centers of academic excellence, 
they knew that they had to put a little skin in the game, that they had to invest priorly to with these students. They have them in as an intern, and then they pay for their education for two years, and then they employ them for two years. The person employs, and then when they get employed, then they're paying back that scholarship. Uh-huh. But let's be honest that the NSA is doing exactly what you said. They're bringing them in in that internship. They're showing what the culture looks like. They're showing them what the possibilities of your career trajectory might look like in this company. And, again, I have to say, yes, Marcy, please, more Michigan industries need to do this. Absolutely. They need to do this because you also get to sort of help that person decide what classes to take and how to go that career thing so that when they come out, they could be ready to be boost on the ground in your corporation. And, again, that – who wants to keep retraining people, right? You want retention. Retention is the worst thing. I and one of the things that we worked on with Taycom in Warren, our tank automotive base, they don't even recruit outside of Michigan anymore because Michigan's weather tends to turn away people from the southern states. So they come to Michigan. They spend a lot of time training these people from all over the country. Go through one Michigan winter and say, check, please. <laughs> I'm out of here. Who in the southern state wants me? I've now been trained by the federal government in a secure spot. I've got these great talents, and now I'm worth more money than I was, and I'm moving on. And we don't want that. We don't want that brain drain. We don't want that to happen. We want our home front, Michigan. We want all these business and industries that are supporting all of us to stay up. We want them to keep functioning, and we can't do that without cybersecurity kids. And some people don't want to leave their families in Michigan. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity. So I'm working hard to make that happen. That's amazing, Marcy. Again, you were boots on the ground doing this stuff, moving with industry, moving how it works. And again, one of the major things that I do when I'm on a lot of these boards and stuff, you academics aren't turning out what we need. So you kind of try to get them to slow down and tell me, what is it that you need? And I'll see how we can fix that. Nine times out of ten, it's we're just speaking a different language. It's not really that we're not turning out the right thing. Or they don't realize that there has to be some training on deck, right? So we're training these cybersecurity people to be sort of agnostic when it comes to software programs. And is it medical security or is it agricultural security? It's security. Exactly. Um, And so if you've got some things that are just in your industry that you need to do and they need to know about, then that's the part on you as industry that you have to take part in. But if you're bringing them in as an intern, guess what? You can start introducing them to that stuff and letting them see that, hey, look at all the management stays here. This is not a big turnover. This is someplace I could actually say, oh, okay, maybe I can get married and have kids with this kind of a job. There's stability here, you know. That is definitely something for years now I've been beating on the drum about. And so you guys don't just beat on the drum, man. You make it happen. It's amazing. We do. That's very, very cool. One of the other things I wanted to touch on is the fact that you do things outside of Henry Ford. And one of the things that you talked about was on your other days that you have to do some of your community outreach and some of your volunteer work. And I got to say that Marcy was my state mentor of the year. Oh, um, I should have brought my um, your trophy. Yeah. I know. Okay, I'm going to put it in my office. It's downstairs in the living room. That's so very cool. <laughs> so the point is, though, that you earned that, man. You and Kathy over there at Henry Ford College are the amazing duo. And you started that. You kicked it off when I put out a call saying that folks needed mentors in the Cyber Patriot. And Cyber Patriot is the competition for K through 12. It starts out uh, kindergarten through fifth grade just playing little awareness games, and then in middle school and high school, they start competing. And Marcy trudges over to Cast Tech when we were all physically doing that for years now. Right from the beginning, 2015, you started right away. 
the minute that we had a visit with the folks from California and they talked us into doing Cyber Patriots, <laughs> you jumped on board and helped out the Cast Tech folks right away. And you grew that program to amazing heights by doing that. And that's another piece where industry can help us in academia. We need mentors. Absolutely. And again, how on earth does industry lose if they can send a cybersecurity person into a high school and inspire a whole graduating class, right, or a couple of graduating classes to go into this field and to start thinking about their industry and what they do for a living and that kind of thing. Because, quite frankly, you know, our counselors can't know every career possibility that's out there. They don't know what every corporation that's out there has to offer for these kids. But person to person, those relationships build. Right. And so, again, that also does that whole thing where we are starting in the high school, getting them to start networking. Right. These kids and starting to look beyond their own neighborhoods and beyond what they just know. And you've been instrumental in that program. And I got to say, some of the things that you've done, like build their library, their cybersecurity library. Oh, my goodness. How has that experience been for you, Marcy? I would say it's Katie and I. It's been life changing because we didn't realize showing up for a couple hours on Friday would make such a huge difference. And especially since at this particular high school, they didn't have like IT classes. They were kind of in the process. And so, and that's another thing when you have a CIS or IT program in a high school and you have cyber patriots, you're going to rock. Yeah. So it was just a matter of, seeing a need and filling a void. You know, they're learning these old operating systems and we got old textbooks on our shelves. So I just basically went around to my colleagues and said, got some textbooks you want to donate, you know, and that's how it started. Then Mr. Balky, phenomenal coach. Isn't he amazing? Yes. He also was able to do basically a GoFundMe and buy us more books and keep the laptops going. And it was just phenomenal. So, you know, I did the software side and Katie was able to do the networking side. And that's why I think we were so successful. Oh, Katie also makes us treats and they love candy. Oh, isn't that wonderful of her? (laughs) That's really cool. I mean, those personal touches are things, you know, when people go above and beyond. And let's be honest. Committing to every Friday for the season is a big lift, and thankfully you've got help with Katie, and the two of you guys can work together. But again, that's double exposure for your community college at Cass Tech, one of the largest high schools in the city of Detroit. And those kids need those opportunities. They need to have that stuff opened up. They need to know that. And like you said, they were just in the foothills of trying to get IT in, let alone something in cybersecurity. And so, you know, now it's 2021, And the progress that's been made over there has been monumental. And the growth of the program in Cyber Patriot was monumental. Unfortunately, COVID's kind of put a kibosh on, you know, nationally, some of that extracurricular activities with the heavy lift that the teachers have had to have on the online teaching and all that kind of good stuff. Unfortunately, they weren't like we were, where we could kind of do that slowly early on and then be ready, right? So we were already ready to be able to do it more intensely. Not that it didn't take a big lift still, and not that you probably like my husband and some of the other folks here were poor Greg Laidlaw, our good friend and chair in our department was, I think, tech support for the entire school, uh, (laughs) College Liberal Arts, right? We were at the beginning, and so I'm sure you were hit up for things like that too. Marcy, I don't know what I'm doing with this online stuff. The same thing happens at the high school level too, but All that stuff that you guys are doing in the community makes a big difference. And I always say, I wish we could do more. I wish it was more time. 
I often say, can I be cloned, please? Yeah, I wish I could. We need to clone Marcy for sure, because you and Katie, the work that you've done at that level is just amazing. And I know you would do more if you had more. You know, I joke about, well, I'm not really doing anything from 11 o'clock till six in the morning. I mean, I'm just sleeping, right? You know, I guess I could schedule myself during that time. But for me, it's exciting, right? It gave me a new lease on life, right? To see these young, shiny pennies, right? These younger kids. Because we work with older people and, you know, people who are a little bit more established. I mean, you still work with kids that graduate out of high school. But to be able to see them even younger when they're still, you know, being silly and... having a clue right but you come in there and you tell them hey i've got this encouraging news for you there's a career path here i mean right and be able to give that news and be able to talk to them on a different kind of level bring in and treats and talking to them differently you know this is an after school program it's not anything that they have to do yeah not being graded no no (laughs) well except when that little mario sound sounds during oh yeah you 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 got something or the i forget what the sound is when you lose points too right there's some kind of awful sound that happens when you lose points too but again we're playing with them right we're enjoying learning through play i mean goodness sakes it just doesn't get any better than that right i would agree it is a good introduction a positive introduction to our field whether it's cyber or it Very good. As we're finishing up here, is there anything that you'd like to impart to folks about anything in general, whatever it is that you'd like? I would. First of all, I would say if you're remotely interested in cybersecurity, please don't be afraid to email like me or you and get information. We're always happy to talk to people and feel free to ask questions and point you to resources. If you have an opportunity as a student, Go to a cybersecurity meeting like IC Squared or ISACA or a conference. I even listen to podcasts instead of listening to music in my car. I'm not a big social media person, but for those young people who are, follow some cybersecurity people and LinkedIn. I know people who actually get jobs off of LinkedIn. So number three, get a mentor, get a cyber mentor and a non-cyber mentor. So you can just bounce career ideas and things off of them that you know. I think everybody benefits from having a mentor. Do cyber patriots and cyber competitions like NCL, anything else that you can think of. I have students right now, just I personally paid for them to do NCL because I want them to do NCL. It's only $35 per student, not super expensive. So I'll just give up coffee for the month so they can play. Consider, this is my last point, consider entering the job market now. So if you're at the community college level and you're graduating, consider entering it now and let your employer pay for your education and your certifications. You would be amazed that these employees will allow you to have flexible schedules, co-ops, internships. They pay for your certifications. They will pay for tuition. And they even have their own internal training programs to train you on their systems and tools. So I just don't want students to think that you have to have a bachelor's degree to enter our field. You just have to have the passion to want to do it. Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to sort of round this up. I mean, I think at the end of the day, 
being a life learner is a really good lesson. And some of the points that you made about part of getting a career and planning your pathways, bringing other people in to help you do that mentorship, like you said, at every level, I need a mentor, you need a mentor, everybody needs them at different levels of their life and for different reasons. Right. I love that you said one cyber and one non. That was amazing because that's absolutely true. You want to be a well-rounded person, right? This is not just this, right? Yeah. But again, you want to interject some stuff like listening to podcasts and listen to, there's an awful lot of really interesting people in this field that have some cool things to say and sometimes controversial. So it can inspire you all different kinds of ways. It's been really fun to have you on here. We've had a lovely working relationship and some friendships on the side, conferences together and other kinds of things that we love to do. But being able to have you on here and have you talk about your pathway and have you talk about Henry Ford Community College, like I said, one of our first folks to jump in the pond and get involved in cyber and do all the things that you've done. And I can't even get my mind around all the wonderful things that you guys are accomplishing. And so I'm so glad that you were able to come and share that with us today. I really appreciate your time, Marcy, and I'm very, very honored to be able to call you friend and colleague. Well, thank you for having me. We share a passion in this area, and so I want to share that with the world. And it's my pleasure, absolutely. And the fact that you were able to carve out a little time for me and on one of your days when you're doing all your prep and all that kind of stuff, I truly appreciate. And so I look forward to getting this out there so other folks can share all of your knowledge. All right. Well, thank you so very much. It has been a pleasure. Thanks, Marcy. You've been listening to the Detroit Mercy Cybersecurity 313 podcast. If you would like more information on today's discussion, please contact Center Director Tamara Shoemaker by emailing shoematl at udmercy.edu. And please plan to join us again for the next edition of the Detroit Mercy Cybersecurity 313 podcast.